and welcome to the Heathen Weirdos podcast. Come sit down by the fire-weary traveller, rest, drink. Enjoy our hospitality while I tell you about the sagas. About heroes and magic and vengeance and battle and love. Tales as seemingly as old as time. Sit here while we weave weird together and remember those that came before. understand that these largely early medieval texts are daunting. They are strangely worded, convoluted at times, with a thousand names and histories to remember. And yet these stories form the very foundations of our faith. In many ways, it can be seen as an obstacle to brute force your way through. But let's ease the load for you. These deep dives will tackle the key figures and moments in the lore in bite-sized form. So let's start this off with a relatively obscure character that appears in the Vinland sagas, namely the sagas of the Greenlanders and the saga of Eric the Red, Fladis Eric's daughter, who we believe was born around 970 AD. Both of these stories were written down around the 13th century and described the travels of the first Europeans to cross the Atlantic and step on North American soil. One of the notable characters here being Leif Erikson, called The Lucky, after rescuing a group of shipwrecked seamen on his return journey. The Vinland sagas are fascinating as literary works, but they are invaluable as an echo of oral tradition. While some elements may be misinformed or forgotten, there's no basis to disregard it all as flights of fancy. There's no doubt in academic and scholarly minds that the key figures in these stories existed in one form or another, And as such, they are perfect for us heathens and pagans to learn from and glean information, even if some of it is to be taken with a pinch or two of salt. There's some dispute between the two sagas about whether Freydis was the full or half-sister to Leif Erikson, with the saga of Eric the Red saying half, and the saga of the Greenlanders claiming Freydis to be the full sister to Leif. That aside, I will be referring to Freydis' Leif sister moving forwards, as the qualifier doesn't matter here. Nonetheless, Freydis is seen as a woman of stubbornness and determination. Hilariously, through her actions, she is perceived as a sort of paradigm of heathendom by academics, contrasting to other characters' Christian kindness. But let's start at the top. It is bitterly cold, the sort of breeze that cuts deep through your layers and finding purchase against skin. Your legs are somewhat warm, wrapped as they are, but your feet are numb, hands are numb, raw and red, sore to the touch. The journey is long, your back complains with every movement, hunched over and strained from effort. You're mostly exposed to the elements, fighting against the wind and the rain for what feels like years. With naught in the way of privacy, you're sharing a space with 30 men and women, all seeming miserable and tired as you feel deep in your bones. But you knew all this before boarding, and you're driven by an almost primal need to move forwards, onwards, the land barely understood and barely explored. Greenland is your home. It's behind you. Vinland lies ahead. Freydis first appears in Chapter 7 of the Saga of the Greenlanders, proposing a deal between the two brothers Helgi and Finbogi to travel to Vinland together and share whatever profits in half between them. Both parties are to have 30 fighting men aboard their ship, plus women, 
This deal is agreed, though Freydis plans ahead to conceal an additional five fighting men aboard a ship. Freydis then goes to her brother Leif and asks him to give him the houses he had built in Vinland. He agrees to lend her the houses, but not give them to her, which is the deal he gives to anyone that asks. Freydis doesn't get special treatment here. And so they travel, Freydis with 35 men in her ship, Helgi and Finbogi with 30 on theirs. Perhaps due to the additional weights, Freydis arrives slightly later than the brothers, who had already unloaded their belongings and made themselves comfortable in Leif's houses. Freydis points out that Leif had lent her the houses, not the brothers, and they leave and build a lakeside longhouse further from the sea. Boyle accounts, all accounts being the story, had a great time of it. But come winter, disagreements arose, and the two parties grew, like the weather, colder towards each other. More distant. Until one morning, Freydis awoke early, ventured out without shoes onto the frigid, dewy grass with her husband Thorvard's cloak draped over her shoulders. She walked to the brother's longhouse and stepped through the open doorway, spotting Finn Bogey awake at the inner end of the house. She asked him to come outside before she has to speak to him. Together they walk over to a tree trunk and sit. Freydis asks him how he likes it in Vinland, and he responds that he likes the land well enough, but hates that they have become distant and hateful towards each other. Freydis recognises the feelings are mutual and states an intent to leave, asking for the brother's larger vessel for the return journey. Finbogi agrees. They depart soon after, Finbogi returning to sleep and Freydis slipping back into bed. She wakes Thorvard, her husband, up with her cold feet. He asks, where the heck do you have such cold and wet feet? She responds bitterly that she went to the brother's longhouse and asked to borrow their larger ship and they refused angrily that they struck her and ultimately were dishonourable and treated her awfully. She incites Thorvard to action, stating that he must repay the slight in kind and restore her honour Otherwise, she will divorce him. Thorvard tells his men to awake and arm themselves. They march to the brother's longhouse, take the inhabitants hostage and bring them outside bound. Freydis orders for each and every man to be killed and all are until only the women remain. Finding that her party would not lay a hand on the women, she asks for an axe and finishes the job herself. The five women are slaughtered and Freydis seemed pleased with the result of the day's work. Ultimately, they stayed in Vinland until the spring, and then set sail with as much produce the ships could handle, though the men were sworn to not say a word about what had happened. It is told that Freydis returned to her farm, and made sure all of her companions were well rewarded for their silence, and for a time, her deeds remained unknown in Greenland, until her brother Leif heard the whispers. Leif takes three of Freydis' men and forces them to tell the truth under torture, their stories matched, and though Leif didn't exact revenge on his sister, he did promise that her descendants would only be expected to do evil. And that is that. Freydis also appears in the saga of Eric the Red, starting from chapter 8, where she introduces Eric the Red's illegitimate daughter and the wife of Thorvard. Here, three ships set sail from Greenland, some 140 men in total, with Freydis on board a ship with her husband, Eric's son Thorvald, her brother, and a man called Thorhold, the huntsman. So that's Thorvald, Thorhold, and Thorvald, and Freydis, and the ship they sailed on was owned by a man called Thorbjorn. I hope you're keeping up. When they reach land, they send two Scottish scouts, a man called Haki and a woman called Hekja, to travel on foot southward, as they were faster than any deer and could travel over land quickly. The Scots scouts returned with grapes and wheat and it was declared that they had found good land. They travelled slightly onwards until they turned their ships into a fjord with an island near its mouth and unloaded their cargo and livestock onto the shore. 
they settled in but found that the winters were harsh and unforgiving and their stocks ran low. At one point they find a beached whale and cook it up but become sick. They shout at the Christian god and plead for better circumstances. Thorhold then comes up and states that Thor was the one that brought that whale to the shore and on hearing this the mostly god-fearing party threw the whale meat back into the sea and asked once more for God's forgiveness. This time around the weather improved and their stocks grew once more. In the spring they moved further inland and the discussions turned to the future. Thorhold wanted to head north and took nine men to accompany him. In a delightful phrasing that you can only really find in medieval literature, it is then said that Thorhall sailed north, then west, before being driven ashore in Ireland, where they were beaten and enslaved, and Thorhall died. But moving on, the remaining party sailed south along the coast for a long time before coming across a river that fed into the sea. Here they found a land rich in resources. Fish filled the rivers and deer roamed across the hills and deep into the forests. Here they stayed for a fortnight, the party have a few encounters with indigenous tribes that are mostly peaceful, trading pelts for cloth, until the indigenous tribes people are scared off by a bull. Three weeks later, they return with seemingly hostile intent and everyone fights. The indigenous tribes use catapults, with the Greenlanders becoming frightful at the weaponry and they move to flee. Here Freydis once again emerges, becoming enraged at the perceived cowardness of her countrymen. She exclaimed that if she had a weapon, she would be fighting off with ease better than any of them. They didn't particularly pay her any attention as she moved slowly due to being heavily pregnant. The indigenous tribes people eventually catch up with her as Freydis comes across a slain man, Thorbrand Snorrison. His sword is by his side and she picks it up, preparing to fend off the attackers. As they approach, she rips open her shift to bare a breast and strikes it with a sword. At this display they run away and the Greenlanders return, praising Freydis for her luck. And the story continues, detailing the various misadventures of those that remained. They come across a one-legged man, Thorvald, Eric's son slash Freydis' brother, is killed by an arrow into the intestine. Life goes on and the saga eventually ends with some more details on who ends up marrying who and the children they have, as this sort of saga tends to end up doing. But what happens to Freydis is largely left unanswered by Leif's warning that her descendants would be considered as evil. Yet her story lives on here in itself, and now I'm telling you over a podcast... Freydis isn't exactly a figure to be um, idolised, but she's certainly interesting when we look at the grand landscape of women in the Viking sagas. So ultimately it's a case of well-behaved women rarely make history. And with that, I'll bid you farewell. Don't be like Freydis, don't kill, you know, don't kill people for no reason. And keep heathenry weird. She certainly did. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 